Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the 21st Century Men's Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the hot topic which is taking the knee and politics in sport in general. Um, So we'll start things off with a simple question. Um, Does so-called politics have a place in sport? And I'll fly straight over to Kyle or Jacob to start with your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think politics has a place in sport. I mean, I think most sports people are from mostly disadvantaged backgrounds and they speak for the people that they represent. So why shouldn't their opinions be heard? Yeah, that's true. I mean, depending on the sport that you look into, it would probably depend on whether they come from a less affluent background. I think in terms of sport, it gives opportunity for anyone to be successful in it. Yeah, it's more, it's less Which of then, what, it's less of who you know and more how good you are. Yeah. No matter who you know, if you're not good enough, you're not going to make it. Yeah, and especially with like Brazilian footballers as, as an example. There's so many stories of, oh, my parents couldn't afford to buy me trainers and we used to play football with a loaf of bread or something. Just on the street, they just play football with something, anything they could find. So it's just one of those things where someone can make something from nothing effectively and it definitely gives that parallel where there's loads of people that are from disadvantaged backgrounds who have made better for themselves and their families and I guess they feel like they have a social responsibility to to talk about those things I think for me I think it definitely has a place in football Um, I I feel like personally anyone in a position of power who can make a difference is well within their right to try and do so so whether you think politics should stay in or out of football I don't think I think it's a load of rubbish anyone in a position of power can utilize that to their advantage and use it for the greater good the fans have more in common with the players taking these stands than they do any form of elite that is not involved in football or even the owners of the football teams themselves so why do the fans have such a different opinion sometimes but a small a small portion of the fans have such a different opinion from the players that they have so much in common with yeah and obviously Carl you don't play a great deal of sport or you haven't played loads of sport in your life compared to myself and Jacob besides basketball and stuff like that what no. is your opinion on so-called politics within sport well <sighs> I don't know, because I'm not really a politics person as well as it is anyway. So it's kind of like, what is the full definition of politics? People people talk about like just, oh, the politics in sports, because it's like the, the arguing between stuff or, you know, people's differences in in opinions. Not like, in my opinion, it's not like the fully politics politics. You know, um, when they're setting down rules and stuff and, you know, putting obligations on people, then that's when I think it's more the politics in sport. Um, so if we're going on the idea of, you know, changing people's opinions and, and views and stuff, um, that kind of politics, I think it's, I think no matter what, it's always going to be a battle because it's just like most, if not anything, there's just always going to be people that are against the grain and it's just finding ways to make their voice, you know, less impactful um and negative towards the sports whether it's you know seen on the pitch or off the pitch to kind of like mute them them negative views but it's weird because there's politics in all sorts of different areas not in just race but obviously now there's lots of you know politics in gender um and you know equal access to stuff and everything so i think the whole I don't know much about it, but I I think it's it should it should be a thing, um, like actual politics, um, people's you know opinions. I mean, they're their opinions. You can't really shut someone up on that. I mean, you can try drown them out, but you you know it's 
people are going to say stuff no matter where you are, in a sense. There's, there's ways to change opinions. There's ways to change opinions over time. And it's like, you know, people used to think it was fine to go around, you know, fucking cannibalizing each other hundreds of years ago. But that slowly died out as younger and younger people have got have come about. You know, racism hopefully shall die out as younger and younger generations come through and are, you know, happy with, you know, being a multiracial society or community. So it's just changing people's views and perspectives really yeah and i think with that it's politics is involved in everything so you can't really avoid it and i can understand to a degree why some people might be a little bit frustrated with so-called politics and i keep saying so-called politics because people are aligning taking the knee with a political movement it's not really a political movement it's more of a stand for injustice and camaraderie and being a team and supporting what people in your team believe um but i mean you can't really avoid politics and people might go to a sporting event and think oh i can't bother with this oh i can't bother with that i just want to come and watch the football i'm not interested about anything else i just want to see people come and play football why do they have to do this it's the same with people wearing rainbow laces the same with stand up speak up the same with putting black Lives matter across uh tv screens and the same with taking the knee. I can, to a degree, understand why some people might think, oh, I can't really be asked for this, I just want to watch some football. But at the end of the day, some things are much bigger than football. And I, be- I strongly believe that people in the positions of power may feel compelled to try and make a difference. And even if it makes a difference to one person, it's still a difference <clears throat> at the end of the day. So, like, explain to me then why... Why are some people saying that taking a knee is an issue? Like you said, they're like taking up time or something like that. Like, like why? Why are some people having an issue with it? And a lot of people have an issue because they don't understand for one. And I think another one of the issues is the connection that it has with BLM, which is seen as more of a political movement, and people, rightly or wrongly, aren't really here for that. So they'll tie it to a political movement that they don't necessarily agree with, but they'll tie it to the negatives. So they'll say, oh, they're taking a knee for BLM. BLM is aggressive, dangerous, criminal riots. So then they'll make ridiculous links to things that aren't really necessary. The England national team taking a knee, although it has ties to BLM, it's literally they're taking a knee as a stance against racial inequality. But people tie it to loads of different things and then say it's a load of bollocks. And then they're like, why are we taking a knee for some guy in America? It's an American thing. But, I mean, I I can't personally explain why people disagree with taking the knee because that's not my opinion. But they're just some of the reasons I've seen that are a little bit more rational. Well, how, how does it make you two feel then? So, for example, at the Formula One on the weekend there was a bit that I saw where they were kind of all stood, it was, I don't know whether it was the beginning ceremony or whatever, and maybe like 40% of the Formula 1 drivers took a knee, and then there was plenty of others that kind of just stood there and listened to whatever anthem was on or, you know, commentator speaking. Like, when you two visually see that, do you feel comfortable that... You know, there's a couple of people in that lineup that aren't taking the knee and feel like they should be doing it, or like, how how do you, how does that make you feel? Because I sat there and I was like, I was like, oh, I can I can see the awkward tension, kind of like even just through the drivers there, like some of them are looking at each other and like, well, why are you not taking the knee? We're all taking the knee, kind of thing. How how as you as a spectator do you feel when you know people? aren't taking the knee it, like a couple of months on from when it was initially done by who was it um it was an NFL player wasn't it or Colin Kaepernick like it was two years it was years ago that was yeah 2016 that years was. ago yeah oh, Colin shit. Kaepernick right, okay. did that but it started in in football after what happened to George Floyd yeah 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 right okay shit it was like four four or five years ago yeah yeah, yeah it happened ages ago because he's he was ousted out of the league was it was it at a Super Bowl or something like that or just at a game I can't remember he took the knee during the national like anthem before and they were going to drop him or some shit is that what it was yeah he got dropped from yeah 
basically everything. His job, some of his endorsements. Then he got some of his endorsements back, then he with Nike and stuff. Wasn't it something like he was doing it during the National Anthem, the US National yeah. Anthem, and people so, saw it as disrespectful? Or, yeah, so he did it during the National Anthem, and he, he said that he could not stand to show pride in the flag of a country that oppresses black people. Right. So that's why he okay. did it. All right, well, so going so, back to then, so how does it make you feel if you don't see people taking the knee uh, currently? Yeah, so um, I don't necessarily feel overly uncomfortable because I, I feel like I mentally prepare myself for the fact that some people might not take the knee. And I don't really have massive negative thoughts. I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, if you don't take the knee, you're racist. Like, I'm not one of them. I can understand that some people don't feel like they need or want to take the knee. I don't have any... There's no issues with that. Um, Wilfred Sahar is an example of someone that was who is black and of ethnic minority who said, I don't want to take the knee and I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, Colin Kazim Richards, he didn't take the knee. He stood and um, raised the fist. Um, there's numerous football teams which chose not to take the knee. I don't really have a problem with people choosing not to take the knee. My problem lies with people booing the knee taking, especially England fans or especially teams that are supposed to be supporting their team. As far as I'm concerned, if, if my team and my country, which is England, want to take the knee, then I'm going to support them through that because that's my team and they're not doing anything wrong they're not doing anything crazy it's not like they're standing up for paedophilia they're standing up for racial injustice and they're they're trying to show strength and a unit so that yeah i don't really feel anything if people decide not to take the knee i'm not really i'm not too fussed my problem lies with people booing a team they're supposed to support i think taking the knee itself is more of a gesture and if you feel like your views align with that gesture and you want to support it then you should go and do it but the people that like Taz said that boo it are opposing people's views that represent their England team so you've got players in the England team making this decision to take the knee however people in the crowd don't support their team. They only support their team when it's going well, or when they or when it suits doing, them, or when their team is doing what they want them to do. Which is, which is another thing about the England team is that, obviously, after the final, we kind of noticed, you know, that all this, all the taking the knee was, was still, just, as ineffective as as it ever has been because soon as the three black players missed that was it like England's black well half the the England team is black so they were ostracised after that moment because it was a black player's Mm. fault yeah and that's that's really important really because as as someone maybe not of colour they wouldn't jump to that conclusion but I remember after the game feeling pretty deflated and particularly deflated at the fact that I recognised that the players that missed were black so I just knew what was coming so waking up the morning after to the obvious headlines and the obvious news didn't come as a great surprise but it still has a a compound effect on me and and it affects my mood and it's quite upsetting really that, that my initial thought after what was a fantastic tournament and a great effort from the England team was oh, well, they're going to get racial abuse after dragging us to the World Cup final. It's quite, it's just really sad. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's, it is shit and it's sad. And it's, it's bad. there's bad people out there. And, you know, it might be 15% of the fans, 10% of the fans, 5% of the fans that are saying it, but obviously negative news travels far faster and louder than positive news does um so it, it it's disgusting because they have the only yeah. thing that they can resort to is a race in a sense and yeah and it's it's not like it's not like it was anything they can control 
they can't change that they're black. So them being black has nothing to do with them missing a penalty. Yeah, it's, just, it's just this disres- the disrespect of sending stuff like monkey emojis or using the N word and all that kind of stuff. It's just a unwarranted. It's like it's not needed, is it? Kind of shit. Like too fair if you're like, oh, what a fucking useless piece of shit. Why did he miss the, the goal? Like you know, rookie fucking mistake. Like that's fine. That's where you leave it at. Like you don't need to be doing the rest of the stuff. But then, you know, you see similar behaviours in. Yeah. I would say in football fans, you know, where they can just be fucking horrible in a sense. Like, you know, it might not affect Peter Crouch as much, and it's not as. Um, disrespectful well I can't say that because you know I don't know how he feels about it but like they might call him a lanky cunt or a lanky streak of piss and all this kind of stuff like they'll all or you fat bastard they will devolve to you know the lowest thing that they could go for us for a certain person that they think might offend them in a sense or like calling Wayne Rooney Shrek and all this shit so in their heads in their you know racist racist kind of like way of thinking the lowest thing that they can devolve to is is using them kind of words or them emojis. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, it's true. It doesn't quite compare to the colour of someone's skin because that's completely different altogether. But it, it's still the same principle. I think it highlights a deeper issue with football fans in general. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to kind of say. Is like yeah. it's just you know it, I, it's like you know when people say would people work on a building site in a sense like you know there's the stereotypes of they're going to pick on the apprentice and. You know, there's this kind of like, you know, bullying-ish kind of banter sometimes on building sites. Like I see similarities of that in football fans and just the way that they've got to be hooligans and all this shit. And I think, yeah, and it's all good around men, yeah. macho men that just decide that they're fucking pigs. Yeah, well, it. Most I of the think time. from my personal experience in going to football grounds, like being in that stadium of it it being in Wembley when the three black players missed the penalty as a black fan would have been the most nerve-wracking thing ever because you don't know who's going to shout what who in your surroundings and it's like like uh, if there's a black ref and he makes a bad decision you're like oh is he going to call the ref a black cunt or do you know what I mean like the people in the stadium you 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 know that that's what football fans are like and it's it's not fair for fans that don't want to hear that and don't have that opinion. Hmm. And especially as a as a black, yeah, especially considering the the, yeah, yeah, especially as a black person, like you know that that's what's going to happen or that's going to come or that's the lowest form of insult they re- resort to. So then it becomes what's said, I guess. Yeah, and especially given the the percentage of the team which is black or of other origin. There's a, there's a massive portion of the team that are, and if you look at the youth teams, especially, that they've got even higher percentages. So, yeah, I mean, you you support the black players when they're doing something well, but then as soon as they do something wrong, it's because they're black and black this and black that, and it's just not really acceptable. It's just path- it's just pathetic. So just just bringing us yeah. back to the initial point that obviously we started the conversation on. And and taking the knee specifically, do you feel like it's going to achieve anything? Do you feel like it has already made change? It polarises people, I think, sometimes. I think as time go, I think as time goes on more, that's why you've seen more polarisation of people. And, you know, at the beginning, you know, some people, you know, saw it raising awareness. And then there is the some people that are, they have either a small, you know, a small, you know, r- racist streak in them that they might deny or, you know, racial ignorance. And they think, oh, come on now, get off. We, we, we can get off with this now. We, we don't need it anymore. We've understood what they've said. They've done their kind of like little show. Let's just watch football now or let's watch F1 or et cetera and stuff like this. And I think... At the longer that goes on, it draws it out of people, and I don't think people accept that they have that in themselves, and they don't realize it as something wrong, and they want to ignore it in a sense. 
And I think if people actually face that more and realise, you know what, if, you know, a football player wanted to do the knee for every single game for the rest of his life, you know what, let's just get used to it. That's what he's going to do. Like, there's no such thing as like, oh, you can't take a knee in football anymore. Like, or any sporting event. Like, if someone wants to... In this country. Show respects to whatever cause they have in some certain way, why do we have to have a problem with it? Like, there's no rules to anything. Like, if they want to do that, they want to do that. So long as it's not harming anyone, you know, what is which your problem? It, yeah. Which it actually isn't. Well, the, the ban's been lifted in the Tokyo Olympics. So you can now you can now take the knee before your event. You can't take it during any ceremonies or any victory parades. I just... Pardon? I said, how did you feel about them kind of like putting these limitations on where and when you want to do it? I, I mean, it's positive that they're allowing them to do it now, but the fact that they stopped them from doing it is a little bit ridiculous for something that's just literally just the gesture. And it shows the kind of opinions that the Eastern world has. Like if you went to Russia, then it's probably going to be banned. If you went to some Eastern European countries, they wouldn't probably be for it. And the fact that it's in Tokyo and they tried to ban it says a lot, really. Yeah, but I think it has less to do with the host city and more to do with the yeah, International true. Olympic Committee. I think that I think they're probably protecting their brand both ways by doing this. So they're not looking racist by allowing it to happen, but they're not allowing it to happen too much to the point where it could negatively affect their viewing figures, which is what they're at heart. That's what they're worried about. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot of them people that are, you know, maybe the people that had the problem with the word, you know, at the beginning when they had the problem with the word black lives matter and they started saying all lives matter. Like, I feel like they're the people that probably have a problem with the knee going on for too long. Yeah. Like, they're probably not on their day to day actually being maliciously racist to people or anything like that. They feel like, oh, I'm actually a kind of a good person that actually doesn't, you know, have any bias or anything like that. But they don't realise they have this underlying kind of like, you know, maybe racist element ingrained in them. And then they feel kind of like attacked, as in like, well, why do they keep doing the knee now? Like, I swear everything's fine. I think that's where you get a bit of polarisation with people. Yeah, and I think... um what one positive that has come out that I've noticed is when when the situation occurred with George Floyd, a lot of people were talking about people not being racist and blah blah blah. But then off the back of it, it kind of changed a lot of people's minds from not being racist isn't enough anymore, or or shouldn't have ever been enough. You need to be anti-racist, and it's compelled a lot of people to actually speak up about things. Whereas before in the past, before these gestures, before all the movements, people would be more likely just to sit there and accept the ongoings around them. Whereas now, people will stand up and question things and be anti-racist instead of just being not not racist, which isn't... Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Silence isn't any... It isn't Silence any is compliance. And I can appreciate that some people might find it difficult to talk on topics because one, they might not be as educated or two, they naturally don't really feel comfortable to challenge some people. But I know in my experience, I've got friends that I've been sat at the England game with some friends and one of their dads was there and he was kicking up a fuss about taking the knees a load of bollocks and I don't understand why we're taking a knee because some guy died in America and it's an American thing. Then they reference Lee Rigby and all this, this, that and the other. But the people around me, including his son and some of my other friends, challenged him in that circumstance. It wasn't me, the black person, had to challenge him. It was everyone around me and all of my friends were challenging someone that they've grown up with, their dad. And it, we, we somewhat decided that it was a bit of a generational thing. Like, it's all good. We can change and we will and we'll teach the people that we give birth to and all the people around us and our children and our children's children will understand but people of the older generation 
they've they've done, they've been doing what they've been doing for the past fifty years, so they're not as bothered. And they might they they can happily be not racist, but the new generation is more anti-racist, whereas the older generation are more satisfied with just being not racist. I see similarities with the old generation as like this, you know, with that comment of like, why do we care about this guy in America? Like, you know, it's been so long ago. Why are we, why are we still going on about it? Like I see, you know, sentiments of that, of like the free Palestine stuff as in like, it's all of that horrible stuff is still going on over there. But the kind of like coverage and knowledge for some people that's just died off so then it's not really being yeah. talked about as much anymore and i think in their worlds and their environment they're not really talking about the george floyd event anymore so when they just keep seeing bits about it they're like fucking hell this is old this is old news and that's why they get really agged up about it Bothered. and it's 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 the, the struggle is trying to get through to them and trying to you know, explain to them why it's such an important thing. And, you know, sometimes people just don't have the energy or the empathy to Capacity. to give a shit sometimes. And that's what's kind of sad, really. Which is, which is fine to a degree. Like, no one has to care about everything. And that's fine. Mm. But you need to be a little bit socially aware to understand your surroundings and understand how other people feel. Especially within a working environment, you need to recognise your peers and understand what other people are going through to a degree. But, like, I can I can appreciate why some of the older, older generation look at it and think, oh, God, this again. Or even some people our age think, oh, this again, oh, this again. Yeah. Because it's a different feeling for them. Like, when that happened, or when the three black players missed the penalties, or when Lewis Hamilton received racist, racist abuse at the F1, that has it actually has an effect on me because I can feel and understand that because they're being targeted because of the colour of the skin, which could happen to me at any moment. And you see some of the stories and it, it happens to people that look like me and are the same colour as me or maybe a slightly different tone. But you, you can't argue with feelings and their feelings towards the situation naturally are going to be a little bit different and that's okay. Mm. I just, I think it's, again, I think it's one of these things that's going to, I think, I think it's going to radically change in the next generation of people about how they see these things. And I think there might still be this, that still the extremist pockets in the, in the Western countries anyway. Um, I don't know how all these Eastern countries like, you know, Rus Russia and stuff like that are going to adapt and change their views on race or you know sexuality and stuff like that inclusivity yeah i, I think it will get better over time yeah. and you know the generations you know change because you can already see it in just many political views in the younger generations in in race in sexuality in the environment in loads of different choices there is a a big gap between younger and older generations but still there is people within that younger generation which still have a lot of the similar views to some of their older generation that's just the way that they've been brought up in the bubbles that they're brought up in and there is i think there's always going to be people that you just can't get through to and it's difficult like there's a lot of things that we've changed our minds about stuff that we were very ignorant to i would say over the past like even just even going to university like the things that you see encounter people different lifestyles you know especially because it's such a crossroad at universities as well you're meeting people from different cities etc sometimes even different countries like that was where my mind and ignorance ex like was really exposed to me and ex expanded my mind on stuff um, so I think similar events might happen for like people as well on the, on that uh, standpoint as well. How their minds hopefully will change as they have more exposure to this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I think having national heroes like yeah. Marcus Rashford will actually encourage those behaviours to be dissipated even more just purely because a parent teaching a child to be racist but then his favourite footballer or his favourite human is Rashford or Stormzy who are inspiring younger generations to do more would would help the situation just because you know they can see that black people aren't bad they can see that black people can do great things so my what my parents teaching me is it is not always correct and that they can probably see that more just because they've got that representation in the media as these positive um role models hmm. I find it very weird. Like I forget that Usain yeah. Bolt's black. I forget that Venus Williams black. Like that, I don't see that as their main character. Like it's not a character trait or anything like that for them people. Like I just see them as great sporting figures. But I imagine there is a great a great perception of people that probably that's the second thing that they notice is the fact that this is a black sports person. I reckon for a lot of people that's the first thing they notice. I think you've seen the. Uh, well, I don't know if you have yourself, but you've seen like the articles and stuff comparing Serena Williams to men and stuff like this, and it's like, but they wouldn't be saying that if it was Maria Sharapova, who's a quite dainty white woman, but because she's a big black woman, well, bit not big, but I mean, as in like she's quite strong and well built, that that's they have this negative opinion on her. But is that? I mean, what part of that is because she's black, and what part of it is because she is? She is not as dainty as Sharapova. I think it's because she's the best and she's black. Oh, she's definitely the best. And she's definitely, you know, she definitely shows some people a good running in terms of on the men's scene. She would not be any man on the men's scene, yeah, unfortunately. May- maybe, I'm not talking about Djokovic on the debate. I mean, she would, she'd beat doubt. some men. She's not beating like 150 in the world. She'd beat Tim Henman. I don't think so. No, she there's an art there's an article she she did. Well, she responded to a question about like how good would you be in the men's game, and I think she compared herself to like the hundred fiftieth in the world or something like that. Okay, no, I didn't know that. That's how much I that, know about sport. Yeah, I mean that's 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 not here, Neil. Not here or not here nor there. But um, yeah, I've I just. just does Venus take the knee? I mean, like, it's. I don't. There's a lot of. There's a lot of areas in sport. I don't watch enough sports as it is anyway. But like, there's a lot of sports where I don't necessarily see it. In a yeah. sense, I think basketballs. Yeah, I think it's a it's a bit different. No, I was going to say I think tennis is a bit different, especially. I'm just thinking out loud here, but if I was. Serena or Venus Williams and I was playing tennis I'd recognise that my environment and my surroundings weren't people that were like me Yeah, if that makes sense people that go to right. tennis and if I'm taking the knee I'm, I'm on my own and a, a lot of the negatives around racism and taking the knee and this that and that it's all about being inclusive and yes you could stand tall and send out a message but if she did it she'd probably feel extremely alone which could be quite daunting because everyone around her is white pretty much I think basketball for that though is quite the opposite because it's nearly all black guys well yeah pretty much and I think obviously you've got leaders like LeBron in there and where he's being told to shut up and dribble and you know, they all come out with shirts on saying, I can't breathe and making political stands when, because their, their, their whole team is majority black and they are affected by this issue. Yeah. And if, if they all, they, they can't really condemn it too much because if they turn around and say, look, you can't do this, you can't do that. They ain't even got a team. Yeah end of the day they can't just turn around and be like oh well you guys can't take the knee and if you do you're not playing because they'll just be like mm, okay then go and <laughs> try and put out a team without us 
because we yeah, we are the league. I think that's yeah. what England football is getting closer to. That point of where you know we are the team now. Like even the white players are standing yeah. with us. If because for me, when they were booing, half of me kind of wanted them to walk off the pitch. And I know it was only a small subset, yeah. a, a small amount of fans that were booing, but it was just like, at what point do do people learn? Hmm. I saw something um, interesting the other day. Uh, it was by someone called Sideman. And they were talking, and ZZ Mills, they were talking about the knee taken and this, that and the other. And he, he was saying that them losing happened for a reason and England didn't really deserve to win. But it was supposed to happen that way so we could then re-recognise how fucked up and backwards the country is. If England went on and won the World Cup and Saka and Sancho scored, then everyone would have forgot all the injustices that they would have received if yeah. they missed. So again, England. he was saying that England that it was supposed to happen. For it to be then highlighted again, how much further the team has to go, well, not the team, the country, in terms of evolving and doing better. Which I guess is kind of true because if they did win, then everyone would have been on a high. No one would have said no one would have said nothing. Everyone would have just been buzzing, and everyone would have just forgot a lot of things, and it wouldn't have been highlighted because it just would have been forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back when it was the old football days, like Beckham's and that lot, that was would was it more majority white players then. Yeah, like uh, I think it's about the same as it as it was then, to be honest. So in terms of the team, there was. I mean, I see the, the two thing where it's saying starting in like the team three. If immigration wasn't a thing, there's only three in the current squad, which is like Shaw, Pickford, and some other guy. So like, yeah. if I think Shaw, Pickford, and back to my yeah. match attacks, there was like there was quite a lot more than just three, I would say, in the main squad. Well, in, in the England starting team. Back then, there was Rio Ferdinand, possibly David James and Ashley Cole in the starting team. Whereas now, there's Kyle Walker, um, there's Raheem Sterling, mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips, somebody else on the wing, which was Saka for most of the games. So that's four in the starting lineup, as opposed to two, maybe back then. Yeah. But I think that will change again in a couple of years' time. And I think it will move up to probably there'll probably be five or six in the starting lineup that are all of black background. Yeah, and playing devil's advocate here, seeing that happen as an English person, a white English person, seeing that happen to your England team, and seeing the fact that you know more black players are coming through, and what's happening to the white players would be something that you probably push back against. Maybe, but not if they win. If England had a team of full black men and they went and won, they wouldn't say anything. But I I remember after the game, well, I don't remember after the game, but after the game there was some posts going round and I've got a couple here. Um, there was a mural that was posted with number 17, 25 and 11, which is obviously Saka, Sancho and Rashford. And someone had graffitied under it under it saying we do not stand with the three black lions and there's another one um, on an England mural which is if the current rate of non-white immigration continues white Brits will be yeah. a minority and this Hashtag that's wake the up. exact view I was like trying to get across like there's people that have those opinions and that that the white majority is going to be wiped out and this England team represents that happening in a way mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You've only got to look at some of the players coming through because there's players like so. There's not really any goalkeepers, but right back, the next right back is going to be black. It's either Trent or Kyle Walker, pretty much, or Reese James. They're all black. Left back, it's either Luke Shaw or Ben Chilwell. But centre halves, the newer ones coming in, and Joe Gomez is black. He comes into the team there or thereabouts. Ben Godfrey, he's black. Kelvin Phillips. He's black. Jude Bellingham. He's black. Saka black. Sancho black. Rashford black. All of like pretty much most of the squad, or at least fifty percent, is going to be black in a couple of years' time. 
and when we go and win the World Cup next year. It's what? Black people are superior at sports, isn't it, athletically? Well, there's a, uh, another podcast that I was listening to, and he said, where are all the black darts players? Well, yeah, there's more of them. <laughs> but, like... There isn't, that's a different kind of... T- that, that's a different technique, mate. But... Hmm? It's like pool, though. They're not, it's just yeah. pub sports. Are all the black darts players just really good at football, so they just choose football instead of yeah, darts? Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that, that as well. Yeah. But I like you if you was a white person and you saw that all of your race was being kicked out of football because all of the black players were superior would, would They no, they're not being kicked out of football. Well not kicked out, but I mean like, you know, they're just better. So like they're like, Oh shit, where's our representation? <laughs> kind of thing. I d I'm not saying that gives you yeah, any fucking right to write the disgraceful stuff that they've said but obviously they might have that feeling of like oh shit like what the fuck mm. I'm never going to make it it's an interesting question football Premier League got... because I'm shit and white yeah but that's that's what people like Tommy Robinson and the BNP and the English First uh, Party First. all prey on they all pl- yeah Britain First they all prey on that kind of mentality of you know we're going to turn you against them because they're the yeah. reason why you guys are not succeeding. Yeah. It's it's not. And especially with things like immigration, which they, that's literally their whole unique selling point is all about immigration and keeping things how they are and too much immigration is going to have so much bad effects. But in reality, one of the main positives of immigration that I saw the other day in a conversation that someone was having where... It was some someone talking about, oh, we need to stop all this immigration, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, immigrants take up 5% of the population, but 10% of hospital staff. So without that 5%, we'd have 10% less NHS workers and hospital staff. So that's a, a huge positive. They're, they're doing double the amount of their population, whereas we're 95% of it. And we've only got 90% of the workforce as non-immigrants. I mean, you can say that, but you know, a bunch of white people are just going to be like, yeah, but if the 5% weren't there, then it'd just be filled by white people doing the job. Yeah, if they, yeah, but they can say that all they like, but if you're not educated enough, it's like the people say, oh, coming over here and stealing my jobs. Stealing the jobs that you're not qualified to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, not stealing the jobs, I don't just think doing so. it better than you're doing it, and that's why you've not got the job. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Wimrush generation. They they were brought over to fill the gaps um, in employment, like my grandma my nana, she worked in the hospital as a nurse, mm. along with various other people that came over with the Windrush wind wind generation, yeah. got there in the end. But people forget to and fail to see all that kind of stuff a lot of the time. I'm sure it was the same feeling for a lot of men back in the day when women were starting to go into the workplace and they were like, fucking hell, all these women are taking our jobs in a sense. But it was like, well, no shit. They're doing the job better than you. Fuck off. Go get another job, in a sense. Like, we're going to employ, yeah. hopefully, the most competent person for the role and not be biased. So, immig- That's an interesting point, Carl. Well, that actually, like, this is probably a circle of things. Going on, to, going on top of Taz's point is that this is probably a circle of things. Like, it was probably a similar discussion that was had with the immigration when the Windrush generation happened and when females were introduced to the workforce, people that were scared that they were going to get marginalised were, you know, spouting horrible things. And it's just like, it's just general bias. That's what I mean. And people can easily be biased. People, weak people that are threatened by this this sense of other. Yeah to them and not part of their community and the fact that they can have such a fine line between hey you're winning now you're part of my community i love you and then next minute if they do step the the wrong foot fuck you you're out of my community and i'm gonna treat you like a piece of shit like that's just scum people like that's what i see it as we need to get rid of scum but but does that come from the bottom up or the top down i think it's top top down top down 
top down. And it manifests in the bottom. As you see with a lot of pictures on Facebook and all this stuff of like, you know, a white kid hugging a black kid and all this stuff. Racist stuff is taught. I mean, there will be a slight argument that there is genetically just parts of your body that has fear towards other. But generally, 99% of the time, racism is taught as a behavior. So... Like it's going to come from somewhere within your community, within your environment, that's going to make you that way. Yeah, of course. But I think yeah, hundred percent. I think this UK's government's handling of the Euros was awful. I think the fact that they refused to denounce the booers of the knee at the start, and then the fact that the England players came for their necks at the end was good. They stood up for themselves. And didn't let the uh, the government just try and ride off on their tails. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's easy for people in power to, to make a stance and then try and make another comment like Pretty Patel did, saying that the racist comments were, con- were so terrible. But she forgot to recognise that she facilitates that kind of behaviour by some of the things that she says. And some of the things that her political party have said in the past. Now, it's not necessarily anything against the the Conservative Party or anything like that, but some of the people in in positions of power who have a voice and influence have said things that make people think it's okay to be racist or they facilitate that kind of behaviour by just talking down on specific demographics of the population, which is quite bizarre considering... Pretty Patel's background, you wouldn't expect it. But Yeah, I think I think the fact that some of some of the more powerful people in his in Boris's cabinet are Asian English makes it worse. Because obviously they know that racism is not good and they have probably experienced some form of racism in their life. Yet he they seem to be more smoke and mirrors for Boris to just say whatever he wants. But there is there yeah. is a lot of stuff about successful people of minorities, whether it's you know Asian, you know homosexuality, black or whatever. Once they get to a successful point, some people do turn around and go, "Well, I don't know." Like I've said previously, and I think on one of the podcasts about Morgan Freeman saying, "Why do we have to have a Black History Month?" Like there is certain people that get to that level because they've managed to fight the adversity and get to a point where you know they've strived and they've won they then turn around and they have more like a view of like well if I can make it surely the system's not racist then because I've made it in a sense I feel like there is certain people at higher levels they have like a a a veil over their eyes and they forget things just because they've made it and they're successful you know what I mean does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people just like blindside things that don't directly affect them anymore, which again is fine if that's the the stance that you want to take. But yeah, I feel like some people in positions of power and some people that have got famous and stuff like that, they'll just be like, well, I've done what I needed to do. So I'm not here as a spokesperson for my culture or my ethnic background. So they'll just be like, well, it doesn't really affect me anymore. I've done what I need to do. Mm. No one can say nothing to me because I'm me. Mm. But you're always going to get stuff like that. Regardless mm. of, it's just personal characteristics. It's yeah, just, I guess. It's one of those things. Yeah. But in terms of the government as well, though, did you see how a, not a single black MP was selected for the debate on racism? Yeah, it's like that whole um, article or, what was it, the, the report that they did to see if the UK was racist and they decided that it wasn't somehow but it's it's all well and good saying that they don't want to get any black MPs to talk about something that directly affects them but then I can guarantee all them black MPs were in school with the teachers asking them questions about racism when that topic came up yet now all of a sudden they're not part of the conversation yeah and then well, the government just... explain it as a slight oversight or something like that, and then it gets yeah. swept under the carpet. Yeah, as it as it always does. 
but it's just yeah. How how just one of those things really. How do you ever like? How do you ever consider a country not racist? <laughs> like you don't exactly. So why even try do that? Like there's always because it be facilitates the same argument biases with no they've already got argue. they've already got an agenda. They've already well not necessarily an agenda, but they've already got their own opinions, and it's just a way of backing up that 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 same opinion. I guess if they put out something that says, "Oh, the UK isn't racist," all these people that have to constantly tell people that they're not racist, and most people that say I'm not racist, pretty much are a lot of the time. Anyone that has to declare they're not racist, a lot of the time are. Otherwise, why have you got to declare that? I guess it. it in an, yeah. It's a, they can turn around and maybe say that they're not racist then, but at least I guess it's a useful exercise that they're, if they're not doing it in a way that is, you know, bias, kind of like looking at things and trying to ignore it and sweep it under the rug. If they are actually investigating things, and maybe picking one or two yeah. things up, then I guess it's good that they're doing that investigation and sweep. But I guess the only thing you can never really say is. You maybe our country's not as racist as such and such country. Like, you know, there's not by statistics there's not as much per per head count, per hundred thousand people, you know, racist assaults or racist attacks or racist murders in a sense. Um you can never really say Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, well, that's yeah. But comparing countries isn't really gonna achieve anything and it's not really you can't give credit. Credit where credit's due, but you can't give credit. It's like saying, "Oh well, Saddam Hussein didn't kill as many people as Hitler, so he's all right." Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like they can't turn around. Like, we're not going to put any more stuff in because you know we're not as bad as Kazakhstan or something like that. So we can yeah. just what's Kazakhstan? Well, like, I've just I splurted out a random name Kaz- of a place. <laughs> but I, Kazakhstan's the greatest I, country in the world. I man. saw a TikTok the other day of a guy. I think he was Asian, and he like. It was one of them, like um, most controversial opinion TikToks, and he says that England is actually like the least co- racist country he's ever been to, like kind of thing. And he's, I think I did see I the same video. Overly con- I don't think it's overly controversial. No, that's what, I don't know what countries he's been to. He might have only lived in Russia. Yeah, and but there's that that might spark some people to be like, oh, you can't say that statement, like. Britain is still heavily racist in a sense. I think that's what he means by his controversial opinion. There was one that I saw where it was where he said that white people are the least racist people in the world. That was one that I saw that was meant to be. Oh controversial. shit, was that it? And yeah. Yeah, that was it. That Kyle. was it, yeah, 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 yeah. Which 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 is more controversial because obviously what we see is that from our point of view is that, you know, white people can be racist, but actually you know, in the grand scheme of things, in other countries, there's definitely probably worse opinions of black people from Asian people and vice versa well, than white people living in England just because we've had this hundred years of, of actually working on it, whereas these countries have isolated themselves away from different races. So they will have a negative opinion on other races, whereas we've actually tried to be a multicultural society. And mostly we've succeeded. Yeah. Well, there is that kind of thought of like you can't be racist to a white person, or being racist to a white person doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah. there's prejudice. a reason. Prejudice. Th- yeah, prejudice. It's, it's just it comes back to the whole alone thing again, and like, it's it's a difficult thing to properly rationalise, but it all comes down to if someone's racist to me and then I go out to the shop I'm not surrounded by people like me I'm surrounded by people that are white so therefore I'm alone if you go and be racist to a white person as an example and they go to the shop they're not alone instantly they're not alone because this is but there's a there's much more information and detail that needs to go into that conversation or argument that I'm not really going to get into because it's a bit long to be honest it is but I was saying but, if you went to Japan and you had a white person that was being picked on for being white, and you had a black person being picked on because he's black in Japan where everyone else is Japanese, is that a case where both sets are racism? Yeah, yeah of course. course. It, it all depends on circumstance. Mm. It's like, 
if you went to a school that was full of black people and you was the only white person in the class and you received some discrimination towards you because you are white that would be an example of you being a racially someone being killed, racist to yeah. you or yeah or if you move to dubai and you get treated differently because you're white and come from england as opposed to everyone else that's in the country yeah that's an example there's loads of niches and examples of it but it all just depends on circumstance which people can often forget easily do we think the english flag is racist I was just about <laughs> to say that. There is a joke about that, isn't and, there? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's a joke. I was talking, I was, was speaking about this earlier, but the English flag on its own isn't racist, and I'll fly the English flag. I've got England flags up in my house. Like, that doesn't make me racist, but it's the stigmas and what comes along with it. So if you go to one of these areas that you think, Oh, I'm not going there because it's obviously racist. You'll see quite a lot of England flags and it's all geared around pa- being patriotic. Yeah. But it's what being patriotic comes with. And a, a lot of the link around it nowadays, which is very dissimilar to countries like Ireland and Scotland and Wales, who are patriotic in different ways, England's patriotism is geared around large groups like UKIP, um, Britain First... BMP, whatever the fuck Tommy Robinson does or leads, they're they're flag bearers of the England flag, and their whole movement is around stop immigration, stop this, white this and white that and white power and all that kind of stuff, which is why now the English flag, because it's a bearer for all these negatives that are completely racist most of the time, that's why the England flag is seen as racist, in my opinion. Not because... Oh, I can't have an England flag up because everyone will say I'm racist. No, it's now what the the connotations of the England flag are. Mm. It's not the same as what it used to be. It's not just oh, I'm flying the flag because I love England. I've got a friggin' rose and a robin on my leg because I'm half English. Yeah. That doesn't make me racist, but it's it's what connotations. Or if I see an England flag in, let's say, if I go to Hena or Ilkeston and I see an England flag, my personal opinion is that those areas are more racist than where I live. So I'll see an England flag and think, I'll have an, I'll have an opinion of that, because UKIP and BMP used to do rallies in them places. So I'll see an England flag and be like, oh, well, they probably support those movements. Yeah, Not it's less they of a love England. support for England and a more of a support for English independence and English patriotism. And exactly. quote marks what England used to be. Yeah, basically, yeah. like hashtag. It only England. seems it only seems to be acceptable to for majority of people to have England flags during major sporting events, which is really sad. Like I can wear. Why not your window then? I can. No, I'm not <laughs> racist. <laughs> <laughs> That, I've well, got, that's, that's what what that, would, would that be the yeah, way well, how you stop it is you know just everyone just starts flinging one out the window anyway I don't know I've got more but, I've got more maps of England in my house than I do flags of England which is really sad yeah. but it's because I don't want that negative connotation uh, to be associated with me because of how Tyrone explained earlier that you know you like even you go to a bad bit of where we live and there'll be England and Great Britain flags up and you're like, oh, I'll stay away from this bit of Chad. Yeah. Yeah, if I if I go in like into a, some random area and there's a pub and it's got like all these England flags on it, I'm going to be a little bit sceptical. Sceptical. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. And that's just because I'm going to look at it and think, am I going to be well received in this pub? I, I don't know if I am because seeing that England flag to me means, well, what it means, what, what I've tried to explain not that they love England, it means that they love what is seen as white England and non-immigration and fuck it, all this, this, that and the other. It's just, it's a shame really because I think it, compared to other other countries in in Britain like Scotland, the Scotland flag doesn't have any negative connotations towards it that I personally know of, but they hate English. They hate English people. They're like, oh, fucking England this and England that. Yeah. Well, that's against a country not demographics of people yeah. 
which is a big difference. Well, I, I don't have a problem with the English flag. I mean, I mean, I probably wouldn't automatically think. Someone's, I don't have a problem. Not with a problem. It. I I probably wouldn't automatically think someone's racist if I saw an England flag. I'd just think it. Really. Uh, I think if I saw some fucking bold white geezer drinking Stella tattoos all over his hands and arms and a big tattoo of the England flag on his arm, that's probably what I might think as a, a, a you know a racist indicator. But then again, I think that's sort of like yeah. unfair because then it's just profiling people, and that that yeah. can just be a, a and why why Stella as well? I don't know. It's just his wife beef. Wife it's Belgian, beef, but like, but it is it's that stereotypical drink. But yeah, but like that's that's in a sense, you're not just by seeing the flag, you're not racially profiling someone, but you kind of are because you're going, oh, that must be a racist white person, and that is the same shit that happens to people that black young black guys that walk around a shop and you're being followed followed around by the shop attendant or security. They go, well, he's a young black man, he's probably going to steal something. Like that's the indicator, and you're seeing flags as that same indicator and the same stereotype for white people that like the flag. It's not the same stereotype. How is it not the same racial it's not profile? The same stereotype. It's not. It's not the same stereotype. You're no, saying that someone that comes to the, the shop is black. Type of so they they it's not it's, it, it's all it's all profiling, but it's not you're not profiling them because of the color of their skin. Whereas if you go into a shop, they're being profiled because they're black. Well, if Jake has it out of his house, so it is, not it is different. He's racist, are you? Well, I don't know that Jake lives there, no. do I? If I had what outside my an house? An England flag. An England flag. Yeah, but I can still be racist to people, even though I'm brown. Yeah, you can. But if I had exactly. an England flag, I wouldn't think you was racist. Outside your house. Yeah, fair. Do we think a Great Britain flag's racist then? Nah, because a lot of hate Great Britain hate it's each other as one. it is anyway, don't they? Because don't really see many Great Britain flags anymore. No, you don't. No. Just because everyone's racist, they got England ones instead. Well, even the fucking English sometimes hate the Welsh, and the Welsh hate the Scottish, and the Welsh hate the fucking English. Yes, because we've prison, we've forced them into a union with us and stolen all their natural resources, yep. especially Scotland. Yeah. You can't leave me. <laughs> You're mine. I own you. Yeah. I don't know. I think Scotland just waiting us, waiting for us to die so they can steal our money. Like a sugar daddy. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, I think we've pretty much covered almost everything that we wanted to cover. Has anybody got any burning questions before we attempt to wrap up? I would say taking the knee is totally fine. Don't know why people have a problem with it. If they do have a problem with it, they should probably check themselves and think about why they have a problem with it. Like, literally, it's just a person taking the knee, for God's sake, for something that they believe in. Um, If Tokyo wants to put some rules, you know, give people a chance still, but put some rules around things just because, you know, of the way that they want to regulate stuff or set stuff out and organize stuff. I don't particularly have a problem with that in a sense, at least they're giving them the opportunity when they didn't give the opportunity. That was bad, but they're giving them an opportunity at some point. And I know some people might say, well, well, you can't just have it at this you know, point or tell them when they've got to do it because then that defeats the point of what they're doing uh, in a sense. But yeah, there still might be the certain person that, you know, on the start line fucking pulls out the taking the knee as a full-on protest to their protest. So, I mean, there's no arguments against that. Um, but yeah, I think there's no problem with it. I think it's a good thing. It raises awareness and it's still creating conversations like we're having now. Um, even though I don't watch much sport, I think they should carry on if they want to. But I also don't want to ostracize people that don't want to do it in a sense so long as they're in the heart still supporting the cause not booing it not having a problem with it or going against it if they just want to not do it as such anymore that's not alien to me do as you wish in a sense that's my take on it fair enough makes sense very well-rounded non-bias inclusive comment 
Jake, what are your final thoughts? Um, I think with footballers coming to the forefront of social issues recently, I think they scare a lot of politicians and mainstream news because they hold so much power in their communities. So I think that's why this issue is being magnified worse than it is. I think a lot of people don't have an issue with taking the knee. They have an issue with footballers having political power in general just because they have so much ability to change and so much reach and so much money. Um, So I think that's why this issue has been magnified and tried to turn into a negative. But I'm happy for everyone to keep taking the knee. Standing up, that's just as important like like Cousin Richards does. I think any kind of gesture where we show that kick it out isn't is at the forefront of our game because at the moment that's probably the biggest issue that faces our game apart from homophobia that's probably right up there as well Um, which is another issue that needs tackling in football but yeah I I just think taking the knees should be carried on and is is important to be carried on yeah I, I agree largely uh, I think it's just one of those things that draws out the conversations that and important conversations to be had um, without certain things or certain gestures this wouldn't be as much of a topic of conversation and although that there's loads of negatives that come from it and loads of negative remarks and conversations that are had and opinions that are spouted I think ultimately gestures such as this spark the conversation and there's always going to be a certain amount of good that will come from it. Um, but yeah, I think definitely it's a, it's a, a situation now where people in political power are relatively scared of the positions that footballers hold or just people in, other people in power that hold in general, really, and how much influence they have and um, that they can sway people's opinions and, and stuff like that, really. Um, but in, in terms of my opinion on taking the knee, I think that there's no problem with it. But I also don't think there's a problem with people disagreeing with taking the knee. If you don't agree with taking the knee, then that's fine, as long as you've got good enough reason to not take the knee. What, however big or small that may be, everyone is entitled to agree or disagree. The, my only problem lies with people not supporting the team they're supposed to support. If the England team want to take the knee just because Raheem Sterling wants to and that's what he believes then I, I, I stand with that and I support the team for standing with their teammate and that's pretty much all from me mm-hmm. and everybody else I guess um, but yeah that wraps us up nicely um, the consensus is taking a knee is not a load of bollocks and it has serves a purpose uh, no matter how big or small um, but yeah that was episode unlucky 13 of the 21st century men's podcast Thank you all for listening. Um, You can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff, and we'll be back very soon. Thanks again for listening, guys, and goodbye. Bye-bye.